Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every single day of the week, seven days. Only about 13 minutes or so each day, but that keeps us in God's Word, keeps us focused on a relationship with God and upon our spiritual life. Help people in your life by sharing these short studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. With your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can, you may help somebody turn to God. You may help somebody grow in their faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. You may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to begin, well, something of a new line of thought and study today. Actually, we're going to follow up to a previous study that we have looked at. We did that in two parts, and that was making the point, don't let the devil win in your life. Don't let him win. And so we looked at that in detail, in depth. We looked at scripture text after scripture text. We noted that the Apostle Peter put it in Second Peter chapter, I'm sorry, First Peter chapter five, verses eight and nine. He said, "Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil." The word adversary means literally one who stands against you. And so we could boil that down and say, simply put, be vigilant or be sober, be vigilant, because your because the your your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so Peter is laying it out there clearly and very straightforwardly, the devil is your enemy, and he is looking for you. The imagery of that lion walking about through the wild, looking for something, some food to devour, you know, and we're obviously talking about another animal. Well, the devil is like that lion, but he's not looking for a wild animal. He's looking for you. He's looking for souls individuals, human beings who he can lead away from God and into eternal destruction in hell, in hell. Well, uh, but Peter goes on and he's, he, doesn't, he does not just portray the, the imagery of this grave enemy out there, really your most deadly enemy and most determined enemy, but he says, he's out there, so you need to be on guard. Now, if you knew a wild lion was walking about in some area in which you found yourself, maybe it was even in the streets of your city or out in the community, wherever you might live. Or maybe you might find in some cases the devil is working through somebody in your own household. Well, the point that, that Peter's making his is be alert, be aware, be vigilant, be on guard. And then he goes on in the next verse, and he says, resist him steadfast in the faith. And so Peter is telling you, you don't have to lose. You can win against the devil. Now, that's that first section of studies that we looked at, again, divided into two parts. Don't let the devil win. What we want to emphasize here is from the more positive and declarative perspective. You can beat the devil. Oh, yes, you can beat the devil. Have you thought about that? Well, remember what James wrote in James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit to God. Now, that's the beginning of beating the devil. In fact, that's the only way to beat the devil. He says, submit to God, and then he goes on and says, resist the devil, 
And what a great encouraging statement that follows as a result of submitting to God and resisting the devil. James says, and he will flee from you. Wow. Can you imagine the devil running away from you? But James says, that's exactly what would be the result when you resist the devil by submitting to God. Well, now how do we submit to God? Well, the next verse, he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. How do we do that? Well, James goes on and says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James 4, verses 7 and 8. Well, how do we cleanse our, cleanse our hands you know, from the guilt of our sin? That is, how do we become cleansed of the guilt of our sins? And he does identify us as sinners there. As the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we need to recognize our need for forgiveness because we have lived in sin in one way or another to one degree or another. Some deeply enmeshed in it in various very, very sinful lifestyles, others just along the way, over and over again, living in sinfulness. But he says, you got to be cleansed of that. Well, how can I be cleansed of my sins? When Saul of Tarsus finally came to realize his error in opposing Jesus Christ and his followers who had become Christians after the church had been established on this earth in Acts chapter 2, after Jesus had gone to the cross, been put in the tomb, and then arose victorious over death, and then gave his, and by the way, he, he appeared to hundreds of people risen, and so there was no question, there was no hoax that had been perpetrated. Jesus rose from the dead. And then after he had given his apostles their marching orders, and really those marching orders are for us as his followers as today as well, and that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. And that's Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Well, Saul of Tarsus, though, a fervent Jew, did not believe in Jesus. He did not believe in Christianity. In fact, he thought Jesus was an enemy of Judaism, the Jewish religious beliefs, belief system, and he thought the church, Christianity, was equally an enemy of Judaism. And he saw Judaism as God's law for mankind. And so he went about trying to stamp out Christianity. He hunted down Christians, literally, put them in custody, took them back to Jerusalem, put them on trial, and in some cases voted for their execution. But he tried to intimidate them into denying Christ. Oh, but on the road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9, he was confronted with the Lord himself. He came to realize his mistake. He had been riding along and, and a great light shone in front of him and it basically had the effect of knocking him to the ground. And when he opened his eyes, he could not see. But the Lord spoke to him and told him, basically confronted him first, said, what are you doing? Now that's kind of, you know, paraphrasing it. And identified himself as the Lord, as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of mankind. And then the Lord told, told Saul, go into the city, the city of Damascus, and he was on his way there to hunt down some more Christians, 
and you will be told what you must do. And then Jesus sent a Christian man named Ananias to go and teach Saul in that city of Damascus. Saul had been fasting for three days. He was praying, and Ananias came to him, but Saul was still blind. So Ananias came to him, and God, through Ananias, and is laying on his hands upon Saul, healed him of his blindness. And he said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. And so when James says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded, it, as part of, as really being central to submitting to God and drawing near to God so he can walk with you, draw near to you, we've got to seek forgiveness. And that only comes through Jesus Christ. And that comes as we're baptized into him, the blood that he shed on the cross to cleanse us of the guilt of our sins. At that point, at that moment, through that act of surrender and obedience, that blood cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. So James says, you submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. There is how we beat the devil. Now, that's the, the beginning point, really, because that then leads us or transitions us into a new life in Christ. We're in Christ, and that's brought out in Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. We're baptized into Christ. In Galatians 3 and verse 27, again, we're baptized into Christ. And at that point, we put him on as though we were putting on a garment, wrapping it around us. Well, we come into Christ as we're baptized for the remission of our sins. Now, we are a whole different individual from a spiritual perspective. The Apostle Paul says that we have been made new in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Have you ever wished you could be made new? You think about things in your life and different directions you've taken and things you've done and you wished you could have a do-over? You wished you could be made new? Well, as you're baptized into Christ, you're made new. You have been reborn spiritually as Jesus said, must happen in John chapter 3 and verses 3 through 5. Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Well, so that's how you become a new creation from a spiritual perspective, how you are spiritually born again, and you get that new start on life, literally, from a spiritual perspective. Now, what a blessing that is. And that is how, in essence, in a nutshell, we beat the devil. You can beat the devil. You don't have to stay under his thumb. You don't have to stay under his influence. You can turn your life around with God's help through Jesus Christ, and you can beat the devil. And we'll talk more about this next time. Let's go to our Heavenly Father now and pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for blessing us so much. We thank you for blessing us with a soul, a spiritual being within us that we can be so thankful for and look forward to being able to have an eternal home with you in heaven, eternal life, 
as we're forgiven of our sins through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for making the way for us to have that eternal life. And thank you for assuring us through your word that we can beat the devil. We don't have to give in to him. We don't have to be under his influence. We can beat the devil. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you, Father. And Father, please forgive us as we fail you. In Jesus' name, amen.